Let's get ready for sexism. I don't wanna. Huh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a Tamarata retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shen Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. And man, you know, when we watched Kamen Rider Zero One the other day, you know it's really cool how there's like a new Lady Rider character? That was neat. I like that. Can we talk about the fact that Izu, a literal robot, is treated better than all of the women in Kiva? Ouch. It's real bad. I actually feel bad saying that because, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even trying to be like robo racist. Like, Izu is great, <laughs> and the fact that she is a robot does not matter. Right, right, okay, yeah, little bit of zero one side stuff here, but I actually really like the way that in zero one, like, they treat the robots not like their people, but just like their human interface things. Like, I don't, it's just a very interesting way of seeing people deal with technology, and usually. Because in fiction, people are usually all super weird about it. Zero yeah. One just chose to not take on the normal robot questions you have when you have robots. Right. It instead asked the more pertinent questions of, would they really help you get through your daily life? Would they really make you be able to feel like you were, you know, interacting with something that cared about you? Or something like that, you know? Yeah, but we're not sadly here to talk about zero one today uh you know what else uh did that well the mandalorian the mandalorian did that pretty good too that show is surprisingly good chris <laughs> yes I know, I know you would like to talk about anything <laughs> except how much it sucks to be a woman in the world of kiva because you're automatically weak and can't do anything without a man being there right but we uh, gotta okay. talk about kiva I haven't wanted to go really in on the whole Kiva is sexist thing, just because, like, I mean, okay, A, it's not really my lane, and B, like, I like, like, there are a lot of shows I like that people say are sexist, like, like, um, Kill a Kill, for example. I think that show is fucking great, and I don't, I, I don't think it's sexist at all, like, it's about women and their conflicts. Yes, it is also a little sexy, but I don't think it's a sexist show. And, like, I would, I'll straight up hold to that position. Like, I'm not just saying that. So I usually don't want to go in on stuff like that. But, man, Kiva really fucking stepped in it this week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real bad. Real, real bad. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> you know it's bad when we broke Chris. Mm. <laughs> And yeah. I think this also might be a time now where we're, it might be better to just go through the episode as we go through the episode, because... Uh, they they break from their usual past-future format, actually. There's yes. only a small past section, and when they transition to it, they don't use the, uh, the twisting uh, time change demarcation thing they usually use. Right. No, they just use it to show, hey, Yuri is just like her mom. 
right. and gets screwed. And just they like both her mom. are not good enough at doing things. They, they are not good enough to wield the belt because, as a woman, they have inherent weakness. Which and is so, also lame because they both get one of like their best fight scenes in this episode too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but Yuri also gets her worst, if you ask me. Yeah. Okay, I might not remember that one. It's um, it's actually the first one with Rook at the beginning. Oh yeah, Fucking... yeah, the one where she just like stands there and watches him. Well, she like tries to attack him. He takes her knife and like throws it into the door. Oh, okay, yeah, that one. And it's I was definitely wondering what was going on there. Where I was like, um, does Rook just is he mad at this church? Does he just kill people who get married at this church? Did the church upset him in some no, way? No, uh, his new game is Wedding Dresses, remember? <laughs> right, but it's the same church from episode one. Yeah, it's. I think it's just so they could reuse the set. They have yeah, one venue for weddings. It's quite clearly the same The same set, so... But yeah, so... I don't even remember the names of these episodes because I'm so frustrated. I can um, tell you because I have them open. The first okay. one, episode 19, is called Fusion, Aura Storm. The uh, we open up with Kiva or Kavat telling us over the uh, end of the fight from last episode about a an idol, idol group. yeah an idol group that was the Onyako idol group that both uh, Jiro and Owner are fans of. Yeah, apparently this was a real idol group, so I, that's I, kind okay. of a nice touch, I guess. And uh, the rest of this intro is Rook having uh, another. Parfait. A delicious looking parfait. And then killing a woman because she doesn't know anything. She isn't no fun, Evan. <laughs> she doesn't know anything fun. And then she was wa- she was reading a uh, marriage magazine. And so he's like, oh, yep, that's my new play. I mean, he probably, she probably knows how to have fun and is just uncomfortable when random dudes in leather jackets... Yeah, this, her on the street to, a, asking about it. This this random handsome dude going, "Hey, baby, you know anything fun?" The right. proper response is to just look and walk away. <laughs> right. Uh, he just kills you in that case, so you know that's unfortunate. Yeah. How dare you not know fun? Yeah. Okay. So after the credits, uh, we are at a wedding. It's a the, the couple's very cute. They they look like they're having a nice time. They're high fiving. Big crowd there. And it's it looks like it was a very happy wedding. Don't forget wearing high it's... fives. That's my favorite part. And uh, Yuri is there for some reason. I'm a little. I don't know if you guys know anything about this. I I know there's a distinction in Japan between traditional Japanese weddings and like Christian weddings, and this is clearly a Christian wedding. I don't know if that's just an aesthetic thing, or if it's, like, a thing that people have strong personal opinions about. Uh, I I would just chalk it up to being Kiva wanted that aesthetic. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it it fits in with the Kiva aesthetic, but I don't know if it's supposed to signal something about, like, who these characters are or anything. Probably not. I think it's went with the Christian wedding aesthetic because there's a lot of, like, Victorian and, like, Catholic imagery. With the vampires, with all their stained glass and everything. Yeah, the stained glass, and also well, a Japanese wedding dress is different than a, a Western wedding dress. Yeah, definitely. and it's it, it's just fitting with their theming so far. But yes, Yuri is there for some reason. I think she's taking roses to her mom's grave. 
um, seems fine, I guess. I, even though well, I thought that sense. that point was at the at that cliff overlooking the water, I thought that's I, where we uh, had maybe that, the cliff but... is nearby this church. I, I don't know. Um, but so Rook pushes his way through the audience of uh, clapping people, eyes up the wo- woman in the wedding dress, and then immediately kills her. Right. Uh, just in front out. of this big crowd of people here, so. Uh... I, I guess there's no masquerade or anything. I don't know. Well, well, there is because if you remember what happens to him later, oh yeah, he yeah. started breaking rules. I think it's just yeah. The queen yells at him about it. He's high on his own success at this point. Oh, I thought. Well, we'll probably get to it, but I thought the queen yelled at him because he was trying to kill another fangire, and I assumed that was the queen's business. Oh, maybe. oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, maybe they don't need to keep secret or anything. Um, but the. Yuri, of course, tried to attack him because, you know, that's her job. And he just... This is Yuri's worst outing, like, bar none. Yeah, it, it, it's... He <gasps> uh, catches until her later... Night. Until what, next episode? This or is Yuri's this worst, outing, worst outing where she tries. <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, she just... Rook just catches her knife and backhands her far enough away that she knocks against a wall... Uh, she's cowering against the wall, he throws the knife next to her, and she's just cowering, and he just walks up to her, stares at her, and then leaves. Yeah, uh, she's not wearing a wedding dress, so he's not gonna kill her. I, I didn't think that was the reason, but okay. Oh, isn't? Did, did you think it's just because he doesn't respect her or something? I would not be terribly surprised if that was the case. It is because, oh, you're a, you are a, you're a failure of a warrior, you're not worth killing. Uh, I don't know if Rook is that sort of character, just because he's kind of a psychotic weirdo. Yeah, but uh, that's yeah, true. you could easily take that sort of interpretation of the scene. Yeah, if this were another another sort of Tokusatsu villain, I would buy that explanation. That's true. I also and thought it, that though, just because Keith is bad. It, yeah, I, <laughs> you're Chris. You're probably right, but it would not surprise me if the writer thought that for Rook. Right, maybe that's what he was going for in the scene, and so you know, hey. Uh, anyway, there's like there's a cute scene after this. Uh, good good bit here. Can we talk uh, about we how cut... they didn't repair the door in twenty years? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, th- well, they they didn't repair it so that Wataru could come up and stare at it longingly. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Wataru and Shizuka are out looking for new stuff to make into varnish, and he's chosen snails this time, which is kind of i don't know how to feel about this well they are brown i'm not entirely clear if he's getting the snails and their shells or just the shells yeah i i would like to think it's just the shells because harvesting live animals just for a varnish is uh i don't know that makes me it makes me feel a little it's a bit upsetting yeah it would be a little weird yeah yeah so they're collecting this, and oh, hey, look, it's a bu- it's a bunch of fucking high school um, bullies. 1980s, uh, like, John Hughes-style film bullies. Yeah. Who are, or start, like, te- start giving him shit about, oh, what are you doing? You're picking, oh, it's o- it's Obakataro. Oh, you're getting this stuff for violin bar? Yeah, we'll just pour these snails on your head, and Shizuka tries to stop and get shoved to the side because she's a woman and can't do anything. Um... I mean, there are three of them, and she's clearly younger than them, so yes. in this case, yes. But 
It's a real fucking pattern at this point, what? guys. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking pattern. But then, a mysterious voice calls out, Hey, what are you assholes doing? Kengo's back! Yay! Kengo! For, I'm really glad that he's not, like, super mad at Wataru about that one time he tried to tell him that he was getting scammed. Yeah, but but now he's friends with Nago, so... Yeah, he becomes friends with Nago, and it's like, oh, god. Really? Do, does he really? Did, did that happen? He, he kind of is going like, oh, yeah, Kengo, or... Starts thinking Nago is cool, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is rock. I don't know if I want to destroy your hopes now or just let it happen in the show. <laughs> Garrett, don't don't tell me. They're like best friends. They're in a band together later. Uh, uh, guess who Naga's new apprentice is? Motherfucker! Oh, no. Oh, no. God. He just God. ruins everything, doesn't he? There can be no joy because Nago. <sighs> All right, well, we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. Okay, well, anyway. Uh... So not um so after that scene with the bullies, they're in Maldemore. Kango jumps into action and ostensibly fights off the bullies. Because yes, yeah. the next scene is at Maldemore. It is implied that he punches them. Yeah, with the power of rock. Right. Yeah, because then they're in the cafe having some uh tea together. Wataru is of course going like, Hey man, where where have you been? You like disappeared from the show. And Kengo reveals that, you know, I've been trying to figure out what, what Rock is. And Rock is, is Kiva. And uh, apparently, yeah. watching Kiva's fight with the Fangire inspired Kengo so much that he wants to make music inspired by Kiva. And I do have to say, um, a, a J-Rock act that is themed around... A vampire motorcycle rider who is, has stained glass powers. Uh, extremely plausible. It's also extremely metal. Yeah. Very, yeah, very metal. Very, very plausible as a real J-Rock act. If, if someone was describing that to me, I'd be like, yeah, that, that seems right. Wataru yeah. is kind of looking off the side like, oh boy. Um, uh, uh Wataru doesn't. Yeah, he he's like, uh, I don't really know if I should tell them what Kiva is. Though, honestly, uh, I'm a little unclear if Wataru knows what Kiva is. He doesn't seem to know that much about it himself. I don't think anybody knows what Kiva is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Nago's pretty sure, th pretty sure he knows, though. He walks in and says Kiva is humanity's enemy. Yeah, and I do like the little bit of directing they've been there, because as soon as Kango had started talking about Kiva being rock, there was this background music that started coming on that reminded me a lot, a lot of Castlevania. Oh yeah, the organ, the organ theme in the background. Yeah, and it keeps playing right up until Nago comes in and goes, "Kiva is humanity's enemy," and then it just cuts out immediately. Yeah, and then Nago's there; he's the worst for a bit. And then Megumi yeah. comes in, is like, "Nah, Kiva's pretty dope. He saved me a couple times." He does reveal like a bit of backstory where he says that Kiva once tried to destroy humanity. He's a greater threat than the Fangires. Um, presumably, we will get to whatever the fuck he's talking about later in the show. Oh God, I think I, I think I already yeah. know. I think I put two and two together. Uh, uh, you think when 
uh, when Atoya hooked up with uh, the queen that everyone was uh, interpreted that badly? No, I'm just interpreting that Nago does not know the difference between Dark Kiva and Kiva. Oh, you know, that's probably true. Fucking Christ, he would be that fucking stupid. (laughs) But yes, uh, Megumi comes in after Nago is like, Kiva bad. Megumi comes in. And says, well, I, I think this Kiva's different because this Kiva has saved me a lot. So maybe shut the fuck up, Nago. Yeah, remember the part where Kiva's been killing Fangire? Yeah, and helping people and not murdering anybody. Yeah. And Kengo's like, well, anyway, Kiva's identity sure is mysterious. Maybe we should go to this spiritualist my friend told me about. And it, it this this got the spiritualist found my friend his my friend's grandmother's lost inheritance. It was so in it's her gold totally teeth. Legit. It was in her gold teeth, Evan. It was. And Megumi is super into this. They're like, "Come on, Wataru, let's go, let's go!" And they both start pushing. Yeah. So so they go meet an Afro. Whoa 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 whoa! Back up! Whoa. You forgot the part where Nago's like, "I'm also coming." Oh yeah, Na- because... Nago decides to hang around because he hasn't ruined enough things today. It's it's his he's fucking he does this thing of like if this were any other show it would be cutesy sundere type of acting where he's like well I had heard that the FBI sometimes use psychics to help with unsolved cases so I guess I'll go along but it's not like I think it'll actually help or anything. Uh. That is, uh, in addition to Nago being the worst and me not wanting him around, that is a stupid fucking reason. Yeah. But yes, then we go to this super sweaty Afro-spiritualist. Uh, not Afro isn't black, Afro isn't he has an Afro. Yeah, A really big one. Big curly. I'm, like, kind of surprised he wasn't the fan guy. Yeah, a little bit. Usually whenever we meet a, um, a side character with, an, like, a specific aesthetic, they're usually the fake guy. Ostensibly, the spiritualist has been doing his thing. He's like, oh, Kiva has an extremely terrible secret hidden within. Kiva is... Kiva is? Everyone else. Kiva is! Kiva is? Kiva! Oh! And he passes out. And he makes a, du- he makes a dumb... Japanese word pun of kibat kibateru, which is to strain oneself right before he passes out. Uh, right. And um, every though maybe this did actually do something because Wataru oh, is did. passed out. Yeah, it, it yes. did. So every uh, Nago, Megumi, and Kengo are like, "This is real dumb." Right up until they notice that Wataru has passed the hell out and is <laughs> right. not waking up. Yeah. We go inside Wataru and we can hear someone talking, but then there's an overlay of a Toya on his face that whoop, wakes up. Wait, there's an overlay of a Toya? I didn't notice yeah. that. On, on the inside, when it's zooming in on his face, there's an overlay of a Toya's face that wakes up, and then it pops oh. up being in the bed and sitting straight up. Yeah, you're it... right. That is definitely a Toya's face. I just thought it was Wataru's face for a minute there. I think it also does like the overlay thing when when a Toya leaves, too. It does. But, uh, so o- Wataru sits up very s- suddenly, and Kengo, they're back in M- Wataru's house. Kengo, Megumi, and Shizuka are there, and are like, oh, wh- are you okay, Wataru? What's what's going on? And he does the, oh god, is it, 
not the shining. The Exorcist. The, the Exorcist. 180 degree head turn. Yep. And there's a blue lighting, and then suddenly, oh, who are you? How dare you break into someone's home? Are you thieves? And he's acting like a Toya. <laughs> and it's very, very fun to see Wataru being like this. Yeah, Wat- Wataru's actor did a good job these two episodes. He immediately starts flirting with Megumi, and he's like, oh, for a thief, you're a fine lady. You want to steal my heart? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> of course he would flirt with who he was flirting to in the past, daughter. Of course. And he's he's acting silly, and then suddenly there's, I guess, Atoya leaves his body, and Wataru's like, uh, what's going on? What, what, what just happened? Where am I? What's going on? How did I get here? <laughs> and he says, but just now it feels like someone was inside of me. And we get a cut to seeing Atoya at uh, Cafe Maldemore in the past playing with the puppy. Getting kisses on the face. It's a cute puppy. It, it is. is a cute puppy. And then uh, Yuri is speaking with Jiro, yep. telling him about Hey, I I met Rook. Can I can I have Issa so I can fight him, please? This is like the conclusion to 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 my story. It'd be really cool if you could let me do that and it, like it would, do some cool things for a little bit. It would, it would be really really cool of you to let me have some agency in my life. Can can you do that? No. No, I'm the man. I have to do it for you. I have a goal and a clearly defined motivation um, that I'm going to pursue. Uh, yeah, this Kiva says no. Kiva says no. The men will figure that out for you. You'll just it, it, you're just along for the ride. Your motivation will be resolved by other people. I mean, so I I don't even think like we're we're that far bad into it yet. Like this is this no, is still acceptable at this point, R- right? It I'm is. just mad about what I know is going to happen. It is, but um, yeah, Wataru is basically playing around in the background. Uh, as he's spinning plates on sticks. Yeah, Atoya's being being a Toya in the background. He's wait goofing. He's doing some goofs. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me look at this scene again. Okay. Okay, so Jiro says that, and I need to hear Atoya's line. Oh no. Okay. Atoya makes a, the same joke that he makes in the future when he's possessing Wataru's body. He's like, oh yeah, don't steal that boring thing. If you want to steal something, steal my heart. Right. And I thought is he, I I thought for a second is he existing in both future and the past? No, he's just using the same joke. He just really likes that line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, in order to progress the story, Atoya whips out a signature of a lady from this idol group that the owner and Jiro really like. So th- this part also real real good in in these two episodes there there were some good parts this is one of them yeah it's not all bad again like Kiva most of the time there are funny jokes and cute bits that I like uh occasionally yeah uh yeah so Jiro and the owner are freaking out as uh, Wataru or Atoya slips away they look and then they look down in the bottom of the corner and see a little sticker that says peel so they peel it off and it is signed as a toya product <laughs> they so get super great. angry and turn around and toya is gone 
he stole Ixa. Yeah. So yeah. And then Jiro realizes he stole Ixa. And then uh, he he frantically uh, rubs his hands all over himself to see where the belt is, and uh, I guess accidentally like pulls his shirt down to reveal his sexy chest. Oh. <laughs> I I do wonder though. Where was he keeping the Ixa? Don't question it. Evan, don't question it. We're not here to question those things. Yeah, don't worry about that. Just sitting there on his peck or something? Yeah, okay, fine. So, uh, Toya basically runs after Yuri and is like, Hey, hey, hey girl, hey, hey, hey. It's like, hey, you seem to be really hung up on your agency. I guess I can go along with that this one time. Okay, okay. I'm going to stop you right there, Chris. Until we find out the actual reason, at this point, it's actually, like, kind of... It's actually good. Yeah, it's good at this point. It it seems nice in this scene, yes. It seems like he is genuinely respecting her and what she cares about. The toy is like, I get get your backstory... I'm going to give you this thing so you can do the thing you want to do. Yeah. He even says, uh, you know, I'll always be behind you. Like, I'll back you up. And that's very nice of him for this one scene. And in response, Yuri gut punches him to knock him out. (laughs) Which, which, like, also fair. (laughs) It's also good. Uh, She doesn't knock him out either. He's just, like, crouched over like, uh, ow. Oh, God. And yeah, then we go to Rook in another chapel, attacking another woman in a wedding dress. Uh, and then Yuri comes in and confronts him, and is like, oh, you're not going to get away, I'm going to use the Ixa fist. I'm like, oh yeah, aw damn, here we go! And then Rook <laughs> just starts walking towards her, and she does nothing. This is so bad. Be- because... On the offside, the inside of that church reminds I... me of the inside of the church from Kuga. And that was a cool church. She's Yuri is even like, I can't move. Why can't I move? Because the director doesn't want to have women to have agency. That's why. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. So she's going to be like nervous, but then she's going to like do it at the last second, right? No. Uh, no. no. He just fucking no. just walks by her and leaves. Because no. either, I guess, like... If it was, like, a killing intent type of thing, or if he was directing, like, anger or something at her, like, you know, happens in anime, and she was stunned by it, I could understand that. But the way it's shot, it's like, look at this handsome man. Yeah, they don't even you do can't the, like, hurt his aura is man. too strong thing. No, he's just... Yuri just is, is too intimidated to actually do the thing that she has been preparing to do this whole yeah, Wait, Which doing... makes no sense for Yuri's character at all. When like right. when we first see her, she's been fighting with sword thing. Like, there is no reason why she should not just be able to Ixa. Yeah, it's yeah. she has fought against this shit before. And yes, she's been blown back, but not to a level that it's like literally can't move at all. I well, think that, like I mean that's the point. Is like She's not afraid of being hurt. Like, she she fights these fangires and gets, like, thrown around and beaten up fucking constantly. Like, right. if, to introduce at this point in the game, like, oh, she's too intimidated to use real power, though. I'm like, what? Fucking what? Yeah, I, so if, well, well, Chris, if you were to Chris, try... It's not her. it's not her fault. She's just a woman. <sighs> women can't, he, women can't handle real power so she's 
she's like been doing this though. It's so. It's it doesn't terrible. make sense. It's not even internally consistent in the slightest bit. So I feel like if if for some god-awful reason you wanted to try to make sense out of it, which you shouldn't, is very, very tangentially maybe you could construe that there is maybe some concern about the backlash that Ixa causes to the wearer's body when it's used. Again, that... I Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I don't... If they... They don't bring it up, for one thing. So. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying I, and, uh, it's good or consistent. And Kiva is not, is not a subtle written... Not, not a subtly written script, so if that was what we were supposed to be thinking about, they would have said so. Oh, but, definitely. But, uh, uh, B, again, like, Yuri puts her body and life on the line all the time. Has done so multiple times. Admittedly, too little to no effect... But she's done it multiple times. It's not her fault. She's, pro- she's probably saved a couple people here and there. I mean, it doesn't seem like she has because the show just keeps... We're told that this organization saves people and they don't ever actually show it happening. But no. presumably, we're supposed to assume that her interfering in these Fangire murders has stopped some people from dying. And she's willing to risk her physical well-being to do that. Uh, so, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> just it's real bad yeah uh so after that shit show it's um, so bad we get to see it twice <laughs> uh yeah yeah we it's go back to the future again. it might arguably be worse the second time i'm not sure yet it, it, it is worse the second time um uh so if you can stop being enraged about that scene for a minute there's another funny bit in here yes because we go back to the future <laughs> where wataru and shizuka are going back home after shopping and they get accosted by the three bullies again, who are like, who are in stereotypical fashion. Oh, you beat us up before, so now we're gonna come teach you a lesson. But like, it was fucking Kengo who did that. But okay, okay, guys, that's fine. Right. Yeah, but they're not gonna go after Kengo because he actually won. They're gonna go after the one that they can't because they're weak little children. Oh yeah, um, right. I I mean that does yeah. They're bullies. Like yeah. they're they're trying to bully people, right, not actually fair. like measure themselves. Yeah. Oh man, but, if uh, only Wataru uh, was possessed by someone who could fight yeah, and it's... hates children. The, the short bald one comes up and punches Wataru in the face and is super satisfied. Right up until Wataru turns his face back and smiles, smacks off the hand, is like, oh. There's only two things in this world that I hate. Engagement and stupid children. And starts beating up these kids, and it's real good. Yeah. It's pretty great, yeah. And it shows that in some point in the future, from when we've seen Atoya in the past, he got actual fighting training. Uh, I mean, because... or or he just he used Ixa or... enough where he can, like, yeah. bar fight. Maybe That's he just true. wins with the power of his coolness, so. Yeah. I... I do like that with the short bald one or the short buzz cut one. He just he doesn't even punch him. He just backhands him across the face. Right. He gives him he gives him a pimp slap. It's real good. <laughs> yeah, but then and he doesn't like wail on these guys or anything. At least not that much. He like knocks them around, kicks them in the back. You know. And then just basically just scares them off. Shizuka runs up and is like, "Oh man, that's so so cool." <laughs> and Atoya as Wataru goes, "Uh." You're a little too young, but uh, <laughs> you'll be a diamond when you grow up. Call me someday. 
See ya. And he flounces off. Uh, slightly funny, slightly creepy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Slightly funny and very kind of... A future future <laughs> Atoya is kind of bad, like, most of the time. Yeah, it's... He's fun it's, some of the time, though. That is, like... Is so... I feel like future Atoya is like is like the Atoya you see when you hate Atoya Evan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the fucking like super sexist one instead of just being a weirdo flirt. However, Maid Cafe Atoya is best Atoya. Part of what makes past Atoya work is that he he's extremely confident, yet he constantly fails. It's a yeah. it's a fun incongruity. When future Atoya is extremely confident and just succeeds at things, it's just blame them but uh so he runs off after nabbing an apple out of the bag and he's running around going like oh i beat up children <laughs> and then gets surprised like what the what clothes am i wearing who the he goes and looks in like a window who the what is this face pulls up the newspaper why is it 2008 what is going on <laughs> to be fair he gets he is, really freaked out he is pretty okay with being in the future yeah, he he uh accepts that one pretty quick. He's like, eh, oh yeah. I mean, he, he, well, I mean, but he like, gets confused. The, the power of Maid Cafe did help him. Yeah, the power of Maid Cafe was like, oh hey, this is great. And, uh, I actually really like this sequence. Okay, because basically these two maids take him to a cafe and are like, you know, showering him with attention and everything, like they do in Maid Cafe. They're like feed him and everything, and Atoya loves this. This is the sort of thing that he's super into. Yeah, but <laughs> about halfway through this. He turns back into Wataru, and Wataru hates it when people like visit, like try and physically contact him. Yeah, w- I I do like that. Otoya is exactly the type of person. Yes, that would spend hundreds of thousands of yen at a maid cafe. Otoya <laughs> being immediately distracted by a maid cafe is the most Otoya thing. It's it's very plausible, yes. So, Wataru comes back and freaks out. But then we go back to the bullies who are acting like bullies and like, oh man, we could have beat him up. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I mostly just the... like that they kept the bit in Wataru's character that he is uncomfortable being touched by people. Yeah. Like, those three bullies kick off a can into the darkness in this underground parking garage they're in. But the can kicked back. And, right. oh, hey, look, it's a wasp. I think it's a no, wasp. No, it's a ladybug, oh, I, man. I oh, thought this a was a butterfly. It's a ladybug. I looked it up. Okay, a ladybug but it's got, comes It's out. got big butterfly wings, though. No, no, it's got, like, the two, like, crescent things that, like, a ladybug has when it separates. And that's uh, why it's red with the, okay. with the dots. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay. The, wi- the wings come up to, like, a point behind it, though, and ladybug's wings curve. Well, I mean, he he's more... He's more of like a jagged ladybug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, Bloody Rose starts vibrating. It cuts back to Wataru, who's Sounds got ketchup all over. Say it like that. <laughs> uh, goes back to Bloody Rose. Uh, goes back to Wataru, who now has ketchup all over his mouth because apparently they've been feeding him, and he just gets up and leaves. And there... he dines and dashes. Uh, that's my question. I'm like, did he pay beforehand? I get. I. Because, like, none have... of them try to stop him. Actually, They're just like, bye, master. Now that I think about it, if if I remember correctly, 
you buy time at a maid cafe and then you pay for food like as it comes so you, you have to pay them for the food and then they bring the food and then a lot of your extra a lot of the money you would spend is basically tipping the maids and your server right i would wonder if it was one of those things where you like put a card on file when you sit down you know yeah do put it on put it on the tab yeah now fucking a toilet would have a tab he would. He would totally make a tab that he never pays. I'm sure Wataru pays the tab because he is a good boy. He would. Uh, it goes back to the three young boys getting menaced by the fangire and they run off. And he, uh, Wataru comes in right as the ladybug's going to attack. And oh, we get a Kiva fight scene. And it's, I like this one because Wataru is oddly confident when he's Kiva. It, it feels like when he was in the first episodes when he was Kiva again. Yeah. Where it's the disparity right. between very, very wimpy Wataru and the Kiva who's like, yeah, baby, come on, let's go. During this yeah, fight, he, he literally like... does the hold a hand up and do the finger invitation thing. So I think, like, he just happened to get possessed by a Toya again. I mean, that they show the, the overlay when that happens. Not all the time. Though, it does make me wonder if there is some of Atoya in the Kiva form. Yeah, because, like, because like even, like, confident Wataru and Kiva would not do, like, the, like, the hand wave, get over here. Right, right. Yeah. And, like, clearly when he has the Magnum, it, it seems to be, like, clearly Atoya. Yeah, that's true. But when would he, when did the possession happen? Uh, maybe when he turns into Kiva, that's just, yeah. like I said, maybe there's just some of Atoya in there. That makes sense. Because, like, the way he handles, like, the Magnum is very, like, show-off-y, too. It is. Uh, that that's kind of fits with uh, Mermaid Guy, though. That's kind of just his personality. So the fight goes well until it seems like the ladybug, the fangire, passes out. And Wataru starts walking away. But it was a trick, and he gets shot in the back. Oh, no. <sighs> Which I... I don't know. Wataru, why did you start walking away like, yeah, I beat him. Yeah, you have to do the kick. Maybe he was just backing up to set up for the kick. Maybe, but I don't know. It, it feels uh, very he should have done the cool Gates thing where he just keeps his foot up and does the kick with his foot uh, already out. That was super oh, that cool in that cool. last episode when that happened, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, after getting knocked down, we summon the Basha Magnum. So Merman comes out and uh, proceeds to beat the crap pretty easily deal with the fangire right up until it runs away. Well, then, and then just Atoya doesn't want to give chase. Yeah. It's like, I don't give chase. Oh, yeah, because it is Atoya, because uh, he got, I guess it became Atoya again at some point, because Kavat comes out and is like, come on, Wataru, let's let's go chase him. What? what And then Wataru just backhands Kiva, so Kivat, so he goes flying into a wall and scrapes down on the floor, passed out. And he says, Wataru, don't know him. Sorry. Maybe if I had a kid, I'll name him that one day. And then uh, The show did not do that, to... but it should have. Oh. Uh, wait, that would imply time travel, which I don't think is what's going on here. Yeah. I don't care. They uh, still should have done it. It would have been fun. Then it cuts to Kango bothering Nago about, hey, hey, old man, hey, old man, come on. You know a bunch of stuff about Kiva. Come on, old man, tell me about it. You know what I like? 
Kengo annoying the fuck out of Nago. It's good. <laughs> uh, more uh, people should annoy Nago. Yes. Nago's like, dude, actually, how old are you? Oh, I'm 21. I'm 22. Stop calling me an old man, please. It makes me unhappy. So, so Nago happy. should be aware that uh, e- even a day older still makes you an old man. Yep. <laughs> but then the ladybug flies above, and he's like, oh, Fangire, shoot it. Turns into Ixa and starts fighting, and this is... Uh, he doesn't turn into Ixa yet. Yeah, he doesn't oh, he turn tries into Ixa. to turn into Ixa. Uh, the the ladybug apparently does not respect tokusatsu rules and is like, yeah. uh, no, I'll just hit you while you're trying to transform. Yeah, and the Ixa knuckle gets hit away. I like how the ladybug's response of what are you doing feels like a, dude, dude, come on, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing anything to you, I was just flying by. You want to start something? We'll start something. Don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Yeah. So then... Megumi shows up and helps. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's the sad it's part. Like the sad part, scene. Megumi helps. Let, yeah, they, they look actually part. competent in this scene. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, like, so Megumi did the shitty thing of helping Nago, but then she does the awesome thing by having the best fight she's ever had. Right. Like, her and Nago team up, and they're like hitting this guy they're dealing with him pretty well for a while yeah like nago's like holding the fam guy and like megumi seems sees like the ixa knuckle and then she like does like a roll well, towards she, like, it shoots him a few times whips him a few times uh they're doing fine up until the butterfly guy like gets uh gets nago in like a nelson uh, like a full nelson yeah hold thing it's like the whole like throws him against a tree take, take the shot i know you won't take the shot right but yeah yeah, so Nago gets tossed off, and Megumi grabs the Ixa knuckle. And then fuck the show. The show's over at this point. We're, uh, we're done. Yeah. So the, the the ladybug's like, come on. Oh, that's Ixa, huh? Well, it's killed a bunch of my comrades. Come on, use it and fight me. And I'm sitting and here like, come on, well, Megumi. maybe we saw that scene with Yuki, with uh, Yuri, Turn. so that we can have a contrast when her daughter has Come progressed on. past that at this point in her Come life. Come on, Megumi, no. please. No, please that is shoot, not what happens. Please shoot the fist, Megumi. Nope. Nope. She just gets beat up because women can't use, women can't be common riders. Yep, so, so then Kengo saved her, I guess. Yeah, he just, he knocks the guy away. Uh... The ladybug knocks out Kango, picks up yeah. Kango and Nago, and is like, "Hey, if you want him back, you gotta come fight me as Ixa. Yeah, and then uh, at least they're taking off. the men hostage for once, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, like it's it's good to see the man be damseled, but <laughs> holy fuck, dude! Yeah, seriously. Like we're not even to the worst point yet, though. Like, it, why no, why get no, upset it now? Gets worse. It gets worse. It- how did the show take such a hard nosedive? Like, yeah, it, it was, we had that underlying feeling of, man, this is, this is kind of scummy, and it, it feels, we can tell that the writer maybe doesn't have the best opinion of women, and then it just hits a wall and explodes in these <laughs> two episodes. I, I don't know, like, was he, like, going for something? Because he's written a lot of other common Rider, too. Like, this isn't the only comedy yeah. show he's written. The the thing that, like, still terrifies me to this day is he did Fize, and Fize is still, like, my favorite writer show. Okay. I 
yeah, it would be a real shame to get to that one and then like be like, oh, this doesn't hold up well. Hopefully that won't happen. I'm I'm <laughs> I mean so still still not a fan of woman writers and fies, but doesn't go much further than that. Until you get uh, to like the gross like light novel thing, but we just won't talk about that. It's uh it is it is it is less you are woman, therefore you are bad and can't do anything. Shut up, let the men deal with it. It is just women can't be common writers. Right. I, I mean, I brought this up when we did Kuga, where it's like, they don't really give their female cast much to do. Like, it's kind of all about the dudes, basically. And the women are just kind of there to worry about them or have arcs that are supportive of them. They are there to be damseled, fridged, or written as or or used as a tool to further the male character's storyline but no other reason uh, well okay i wait are you talking about cougar kiva now just common rider in general <laughs> okay i i do think it, it was a little different in kuga because like well yes they didn't treat them kind of shittily um it didn't really feel like it's hard she, to describe. It didn't feel like they were props. Like, they felt no. like characters. No, she, Like, they were not fully well-realized characters, but the women in Kiva are fucking props, and it's a real bad problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, Kuga was better about it, but I think it's just that that was better writer. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I want to attribute it to the writing or the acting. I mean, writing seems like a safe bet, but... I don't know, but... I, I'm, like, 80% sure that, like, Fies has, like, good writing with women. See? Yeah, so maybe he was just going for something and had no idea how to do it. I, I think he <laughs> just got crazy in, like, six years. That's entirely possible. But uh, the end of the episode happens with the ladybug about to fly off, but then Atoya as Wataru comes up and goes, Hey, how's it going? Hey, I so they have Fangar in, in this time too. Oh, that's weird. Better deal with this. And that's the end of episode nineteen. Yeah, okay, so episode twenty. Alright, well hang yeah. on, let me let me look at what it's called first before we just yell. Um, <laughs> just spend the next forty five minutes. Fuck I mean, uh, honestly yeah. you could probably do that and that'd be fine. It's called uh, Nocturne, the Lovely Messiah. That's that's a good name. Yeah. Wait, who is like supposed to be the lovely messiah in this? Atoya. Because he says it oh, like okay. four times yeah. in the episode. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess, guess Megumi's like, messiah who are you? <gasps> Every time Megumi asks who he is, he's like, I'm the messiah of love. Oh, right, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, I understand trying to block those parts out. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh, so yeah, episode 20 opens up with Megumi getting beat up again because we gotta show it. Um, and then it immediately cuts. Oh man, literally, what, really? You couldn't just start from him picking them up? Yeah, no, okay. So this episode starts with Megumi getting beat up, then cut to Wataru coming up because we just had to show the woman getting beat up for some reason. Um, cut to Wataru coming up and telling hey i'm kuranaya toya what's up yeah and the ladybug's just like okay well i'm gonna shoot you bye yeah he shoots like some sort of shockwave at him 
It is kind of interesting because he like holds up his forearms and then like moves through the smoke from the shockwave. It looks like he was able to resist it somehow. I'm not sure if that's a thing that Wataru can always do or if Atoya is just confident enough to. Well, no, to that's dodge it. just the thing you get when you're. Uh... No, I'm not gonna go there. When you are your dad. <laughs> N- not where I was going, but I was just going how how Kiva was shitty. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I just uh, couldn't finish it because I felt bad immediately. <laughs> right. Uh, so and Atoya we... sees the Ixa fist thingy lying on the ground next to Megumi. Uh, presumably, the, he figures out who she is at that point. Yeah. So we come back from the intro. He goes and... makes some violin. Yeah, he, Atoya as Wataru is now in Wataru's house working on one of the violins that Wataru was working on. And Kavat comes back in and is like, dude, what what the hell what the hell happened to you? Yeah, is isn't this where Atoya's like, Oh, are you fucking like Kivat the second? I know like your yeah, ancestor. Like, are, are you Kivatabato two is child. Kivat bats two child, yeah. And tells uh And Kivat, Kivat says, that, How did you know that? He's like, Oh, I I'm Kuranaya Toya, and Kivat's like, Oh wait. I heard about you from Dad, but what are you doing here? Uh, Why did you so possess my sweet cinnamon it, roll? Is there like uh, is there like a species of little plastic bat people? Like, I guess. Do they reproduce asexually, or does he have a mom? Wataru explains. Oh well, I guess God has played a prank on me because uh, my soul's in this body now, baby. And he's like, "All right, I gotta go teach Megumi that she sucks like her mom." First, we gotta go back and see that the uh, ladybug has put Kengo and Ixa in a warehouse, and is like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll let you live until Ixa shows up, and I kill him, and then I'll kill you guys." Okay, okay. Let's go Glad check that we in got that cleared on Bagumi, whose leg stopped working because <sighs> because reasons. Think... But yeah, the doctors are like, there's literally nothing wrong with your leg. You should be fine. And the eventual reason we learn is it is some it is a psycho- psychosomatic. The explanation <laughs> no, given is not. it is a psychosomatic. No, bullshit. I'm they calling they bullshit. call it a pseudo illness Garrett, in the show. We'll get there. I'm giving the explanation. We're giving it first. Don't. Yes, it is a psychosomatic thing of just, oh, you can't do it. But yeah, then it's Atoya shows up. With the Ixa, Otoya, as Wataru, shows up with the Ixa fist, and he's like, oh, dangles the Ixa fist instead of Megumi. He's like, oh, you want this? You want this? And he's, like, fucking teasing her with it. And Megumi is like, please, please let me have a storyline. I have to do this for my mom. And then Otoya's like, oh, I know what this is. Your your mom's was Aso Yuri, right? God, okay. okay. And then he's just I, like, here I, you go. I don't go. know if you guys, you guys might have already given up at this point, but when I was watching these episodes, I was still like, okay, I see where this is going. She's like, she's afraid of failure. She's afraid of not living up to her mom. So she's going to overcome that. And then at the end of this episode, she's going to use Ixa and beat that fan guy. All right. <gasps> Holy shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't um, know why you still had hope at this point. To be honest, I, okay, it's because it would be the most logical 
direction to take the plot. That's that's what drama is. It's just it would be the most conventionally dramatic thing to do at this point. They have all the setup. You just gotta follow through. No, but she doesn't have the confidence. It's it is the natural weakness of her heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Getting a little yelly. <laughs> this episode made me really mad. Toya reveals your sickness is pseudo illness. You don't have the confidence to fight as Ixa. That weakness in your heart makes you unconsciously create a pseudo illness because you're actually trying to be a person. No, K- Kiva, K- Kiva, stop, please, Kiva, no. And even Megumi is like, "Shut up, and get out." Uh... And then we go back. Yeah, then we go back to the past where Yuri is on a roof, feeling sad, and Atoya comes up, is like, "Hey." Man, it was, it was pretty brave of you to go off your own. That was a, that was a pretty good punch. Uh, hey, what about Rook? Oh, I w- he got away. I just, just froze up and I couldn't do anything. I don't even think she says that part. I think she lies. Even though I had so him she cornered. She says I had him cornered. I had him cornered, but next time for sure I will win. Yeah, so she doesn't say that what happened happened. Uh, and we cut back to the future where Megumi is attempting to do, like, physical therapy and get her foot walking again. But, nope. Her foot doesn't work. Alright, I, I got I got one one good thing to say. What? Atoya got to figure out how the internet worked. I, I do like the... It, I do always think it's pretty funny when people show up from, like, the 80s or 90s and they're like, Hey, I found the internet and it's great. It is good. That's pretty funny. Because Watar- Otoya as Wataru comes back up and he's now dressed like Otoya. He looks good in this nice, like, light blue suit jacket and tan pants. Though the blue suit jacket is way too huge for Wataru's body. Right. Way too big. It's real good. Yeah. Uh, again, prop department uh, putting in a lot of effort there. Doing some great, great job with their, uh, you know, characterizing people with uh, the their physical accoutrements and stuff. Everyone else... Putting in a lot of effort, doing a really good job, except the writer. Yep. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure he thought he was doing a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, Megumi is like, man, you're not Wataru. Who the hell are you? I'm the Messiah of Love. Shut up and leave me alone. Go away. Uh, I she do just... like that she is annoyed by this shtick, like her mom. And... And now no, her mom was is... much more willing to put up with it than she is. She's just like, okay, whatever. And then, uh, Megumi is at the pool. No, 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 we gotta it's talk like... about the cut to Kengo trying to cut through the ropes with his teeth. No, that's later. No, that's here. No, it's not. I'm watching the episode right now. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. Uh, Evan's right, Garrett, I, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry, Garrett. We gotta... Okay, so there's the scene at the pool. Megumi's trying to do her swimming exercise. We know she's a, a swimmer already. We've seen her do that. Like her mom. And Atoya is sitting on the side, at the side of the pool, in a lounge chair, with a bunch of pool toys. He throws a rubber ducky into the pool, and he's like, Hey! Hey, you should just stop and give up. That's okay. how you'll get better. And, like, he, he keeps throwing life preservers at her because he knows she, she can't do it. And, uh, visually, it's kind of a funny joke just to have someone being like, no, take a life preserver. No, no, I've got more. Take one. It would be funny if he weren't just 
severely disrespecting her at the same time. Yeah, if, okay, so he, he gives the line, if you give up fighting, your leg will be fixed. And Megumi's immediate response is, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm a fighter. I will fix this. Which, again, is true. She, We've and, seen her, like, she's not intimidated by physical danger. We've seen her go it through is, it a lot. It is not directly saying this, but it is very heavily implying, you shouldn't be doing this. You're the women. Let the man take care of this. Well, okay, there's You're, literally a line later in this episode where Atoya Wataru says, uh, like, something like, it's a shame you couldn't be normal, or something like that. I think that's the line, and I'm just like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah, but she's she's basically just still like, no, fuck you, I'm not gonna give up. And then we get the fun scene of Kango trying to break through the ropes with his teeth. That's pretty good, but then he starts becoming, like, buddy-buddy with Nago, and that part's lame. Because Nago uh, sucks. Yeah, it's super weird, because uh, Nago is like, oh, I want to create a perfect world, a, u- a utopia without a speck of filth. And I'm like, well, that sounds pretty fucking psychotic, buddy. Nago but, you know, would make I... a really good fucking villain. I know. I, I mean, he's basically Judge Dredd. Like, no, I think Judge Dredd has more subtlety to his personality than Nago does. Judge Dredd is also kind. <laughs> In that's the, true yeah in 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 the limited aspect that he can be kind like even in the newest dread movie there was the scene when he was going into the super block and there was the homeless guy sitting out front right he just went up to him and said don't be here when i get back and went in yeah right i i, I guess nago, what i'm saying is that nago seems to think that that the set that sort of setting would be a perfect world which yeah, is like insane he he would Nago would definitely be one of the people that would be super like yeah no bring in the Department of Justice yeah that's a great idea uh huh the new Dread movie was good oh it, it was is. super good I, I really liked, liked that movie. I should it's rewatch a shame it. they didn't do a sequel the so it's basically this scene is just Kengo and Nago starting to become buddy buddy um then it cuts to past Atoya going to a church looking for Yuri and oh I, I I think he sees he thinks he sees Yuri in the crowd who is this long dark-haired woman oh ho, hey so did either of you also think that Yuri was the girl with like the bow slightly to the left of Queen because I did yes oh did. yeah I did too and it's not um because Atoya puts his hand on this long woman's face and turns around and he's immediately stunned and all the noise of all, like all the people starts becoming muted, and there's this kind of spooky music playing. And oh, then she's so beautiful, and there's white petals falling from the air, and she's got this really pretty <laughs> earring. Oh my god, she's the most gorgeous thing ever. Atoya is stunned, stunned. I mean, and it's she, enough. She is actually pretty hot. So no, yeah, she's she's an attractive woman. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, pretty yeah. cool. Can't wait to see how that gets ruined. Yeah, no, it's uh, I am Garrett, I am excited to Garrett, don't do this to me. <laughs> Chris, you know it's gonna happen. Oh, oh. You know uh, she's going you know she's just they're gonna shoot her in the foot real bad. Maybe they're gonna be like, Well, since she's a fangire, she doesn't follow the rules that normal women have to follow. <laughs> but uh She she goes to she tells Atoya, you know, this is the first time I've been mistaken as someone else. It's not a very pleasant feeling. 
and for the first time in his life, Otoya is intimidated by a woman and goes, oh, so excuse me, I gotta go, <laughs> and runs off. It's a it's a real good fucking cold comeback. Otoya doesn't yeah. immediately flirt with her. I'm like, man, this is cool. Can't wait till like five <laughs> minutes later. And he gives the line, despite who I am, she really got to me. And then Atoya exits the scene. Uh, Rook shows up and is like, oh, yeah, it's another wedding. Time to kill this lady. Oh, wedding, white dress. Oh, let me get my murder on. And uh, attempts to stab her, but she dodges. And Atoya runs back into the scene and attempts to attack Rook, but immediately gets thrown into a pillar and knocked out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh, Yuri sees this and is like, I've got the Ixa fist. I c- can I do this? I-, I know they've been telling me that I can't, but I... I'm going to run away because I'm scared now. And then she runs away. Yeah. Which, like, okay, sure, that's totally something that this character would do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though she's uh, fought Fangires before with, like, her shitty little whip thing and her knife. But yeah, now that yeah. she's got Ixa, she just can't do it. Yeah, now that she has real power, she can't fight anymore. And, uh, it's inside the church now, with Rook menacing the woman in her dress. Um, and he's about to kill her before he gets slapped across the face with a rainbow whip. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of amazing looking. I want to see more rainbow whip fighting. Yeah. And he's, imme- he's immediately super pissed, like, who is this? A queen seems real cool. And uh, the woman that Atoya was flirting with comes out. I don't even think he was flirting. Or he tr- he was he he put his arm on. Yeah, the woman he mistook for Yuri. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, "Oh, it's and Rook is like, "Oh, it's you." And she's like, "Hey. Hey, Rook, are you um you playing more stupid games? I'm I'm allowed to do that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. I think what it is is she's mad at him because she was he was edging in on her job. Yeah, her job is killing yeah. Fangire, which the bride is. Right. Consort with humans. That, yeah. yeah, the the lady getting married is a Fangire. Yeah. Um, which I was assuming we were going to get to see her Fangire form. We don't, unfortunately. Yeah. Not but, a um, bad move this episode makes. But yeah, but no, it's funny that the first thing she says is like how, about like how Fangire and humans shouldn't like fall in love. Hmm? Yeah. A fangire mm-hmm. who loves a human. Mm-hmm. How foolish. Uh, so that's interesting. I mean, we know the fangires are like intensely emotional beings and they, they like take on these obsessions. I don't so, even think if we know anything about them, to be honest. Uh, that's a pattern they've had. I'm. It, it's very traditional to vampire All fiction. of them have had an obsession. So yeah, uh, some of them would, you know, love people like dearly, presumably. Uh but yeah, uh, and also like that—that's definitely what's going to happen between Queen and Toya. So yeah, this is like an ironic introduction of this character looking down on uh, someone who is doing the thing that she is going to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So so they they go back outside, and uh, we learn that this woman is like, oh hey, the queen, and that is her queen. She tells that oh you've broken the law, which I think is Fangar trying to marry and lo- love a human. Uh, she uh, has the extremely cool line, For you, night is coming. And her, her earring summons the red moon yeah. that appears when Kiva uses his special attack. Yeah, I wonder she if Kiva's she's related to Kiva Man, somehow. I, you think this might be his mom? The, 
yeah, so this is where Kiva's Fengire. No, that from. I mean that doesn't make sense. She clearly didn't have a toy bat flying around her after. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she takes off one of her gloves, puts her hand out, and at backlit by this giant red moon, and there's the stylized queen piece that puts out a wave of force that causes the other the the Fangire in the wedding dress to shatter. Yeah, that was cool. With no soul coming out, so it's exactly the same as how Ixa does it. Which makes me think that they based Ixa off of Dark Kiva instead of actual Kiva. No, no, when Ixa kills this one later on, it, it does the it does the gem thingy. Because oh, then it flies really? away and then the giant chandelier monster comes. Oh, right, because right. the dragon wasn't there to eat it, so it turns into a weird giant chandelier monster. Thing. Right. Yeah. But uh, then she teleport. Then the the smoke all comes back into her, and she teleports into like the la- uh, petals. Yeah. So yeah, that cool scene is over. Yeah. That was, that was oh yeah, and then there was like the the not Kavat Kiva bat that was flying around. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. That doesn't happen until like the very end. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, she was cool. Uh, that glad that won't happen anymore. So it goes back to Yuri, who's at a river. Hey, Evan. And a toy hey, comes up. He's hey, like, Evan. Hmm? You know it's okay to cry. It is okay to cry. Uh, as Toya, yeah, Toya comes up and goes, hey, you know, it's fine to cry if you were scared. And, uh, Yuri breaks down and cries because <sighs> as, long as, you know, as long as you know your own weakness of being a woman, that's all you need. It would have been so easy. You could have had, like, those same lines and still had her become Ixa. Right. Uh, also, Yuri implies that she thinks that Atoya gave her the Ixa watch because he knew this was going to happen, which is super shitty. Yeah. He's like, knew that I'm going to basically give you this and show you that, no, you, you actually can't do it, ever. But it's so good of a plan, he does it twice. Yeah, Yuri oh, breaks yeah. down crying and, like, uses him as a support pillar. And she's just like, you know, for now, just... Oh, God, what's the actual line? Come on, where is it? I don't even want to know. Oh. For now, let me stay like this. Right. And Atoya... Atoya's response of not, like, wrapping her in a hug or doing anything and just letting her cry on him, that's good. Right, uh, and Jiro even walks up, and he just uh, fa- he just walks away. He doesn't try to disrupt this moment or anything. Yeah, if it hadn't come out of like such a shitty wor- situation, this would be a good scene. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to the future where Atoya gets to give the same advice again. And fuck, fuck because when he Megumi gives it in the future. Is... Remember when Megu- this was when this happened in the uh, the thing with the violin girl and the and who did archery? That was good, man. But, uh, yeah. So Megumi is basically dragging herself across a field, trying to walk, and Atoya as Wataru comes strolling up, like walk walking a bike while sitting on the bike forward and just like hey what you doing there girl are you gonna, how long are you gonna keep trying this he clicks the bike until bell i a heal few times. until i heal man what a lot of work this woman is like your mom <laughs> and apparently he stole Ixa at some point again and starts just being an asshole to her riding away on the bike like hey Actually, I'm going to go put at, this Ixa thing which in point, this... Yeah, the camera turns to reveal a wood-burning fire barrel in the middle of the soccer field for some fucking reason. 
and uh, Atoya, uh, what Atoya just drops the Ixa fist into the fire, which is enough to get Megumi to snap, get up, and pull it, knock over the fire barrel. Yeah, she she pushes herself up onto her feet, runs toward the barrel, and kicks it over. Uh, retrieving the Ixafist undamaged. So, like, again, like, if, if it was framed slightly different, could have been a good thing. Yeah, yeah, this is the scene where I was like, okay, well, that was good. I'm glad Megumi learned her lesson and is now, you know, healed, moved on, and and uh, confident in herself. But then uh, that, that's comes up. Happens. I'm sure glad that we figured this out and she can become Ixa now. No, but but see, don't you under don't you understand what Atoya was saying? You don't have the confidence of being a man to control Ixa. That's why you unconsciously use pseudo illness because your body and soul knew that you are weak. Yeah, you're... and you have to live as a normal person, a woman, and not be yeah. a fighter. Can yeah, this is the the line where he says, "Can you live as a normal person?" Or can you live as a fighter to the end? And, like, the implication being that that's just not natural for her. And I'm l- just, fuck you, man. It's <laughs> like, so bad. Yeah. Who the hell are you to tell her that? I mean, Jesus. really, what they should have done is they should have just made Ixa powered by toxic masculinity, and then everything would make sense. Are you sense. sure it's not? Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. <laughs> But but I they mean, don't explicitly state it. If they explicitly state it, this would this would have been better. Right, right. Uh, so he, Atoya says when well Megumi asks him again, "Who are you?" Messiah of says, love. I'm the Messiah of love. And you also you better make your decision quick because uh, he's gonna he's getting tired of waiting. You cut back to the Fangire who even immediately gives a line. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> uh, time to eat, you guys. But uh, then Megumi pops up and is like, stop right there. And I got really excited. Yeah. I, yeah. I got really excited. Oh, man. Like, I'm like, this is oh, it. This gonna is the moment. It. They're going to turn it around gonna, right here. This is going to be great. She's going to use it. Uh, <laughs> the, the ladybug mm. runs at her and she starts fighting him and doing good. Like she's doing judo throws and jujitsu moves. Yep. Um, she uses her gun to fight. Yep. Go ahead, just just keep uh-huh. building up that hope. Uh-huh. And, uh, Atoya, as Wataru comes up, and he's like, oh, man, like, mother, like daughter, they really on- can only live as fighters. Uh, she gets blown up, and, uh... She's gonna do it! She's, she's gonna do she's it! She's gonna do it! She takes out the fist! Oh, she's gonna become Ixa. Uh, no, it's she turns around, great. shoots the ropes off Nago, and throws him the fucking Ixa fist because fuck that! God damn I it! W- oh my god, I was so mad at this point. Yeah, she uses the whip to knock down, after saying, I will live as a fighter. She uses the whip to knock down the ladybug. Turns around, shoots off the ropes. By, and gives the Ixa fist to Nago. By living as a fighter, I have understood my weakness that I can't use Ixa. Just even though what? I'm perfectly capable of fighting like I, I am right now. I, no, it's because I'm the woman. I have to act as support. I can't actually be the hero. Man, it sure would be shitty if she got married to Nago or something dumb. God damn it. 
that's the I think worst. I hate Kiva. <laughs> yeah, th- that's the... Like, I, I was enjoying Kiva, and I I have fun with Kiva, and it was scummy, but I I think I hate Kiva, and we've got another fucking 20-some episodes to watch. There's a lot 30. left of this show, yeah. God damn it. Th- th- there's even, like, kind of a cool scene after where Nago, like, uh, puts the guy in a... No, in, don't, don't even fucking give it... Give he it he the... throws Megumi nope, the Ixa nope. sword, and she uses it to slice the guy, and I'm like, man, this would be cool if... Again, if yeah. fucking everything up until this point hadn't happened, if this if this fight scene had different framing, it would be really really cool. Because it is, yeah. it is giving Wagumi a sword doesn't doesn't fix anything. No, it right. doesn't. But it's cool to see her use it and actually do damage and fight. But everything up until this point has told you, yeah, no. She has to be the assistant. She can't ever be the hero. Hey, you, because... you know what would be awesome? Uh, what if there was a scene where... Na- okay, I mean, it would be better if uh, Nago wasn't in it. But if Nago and Megumi, like, double-teamed one of the Fangires, and they, like, threw the Ixa fist back and forth, and, like, took, like... As they traded it off, and, like, traded off the power uh, each that time so that they cool. had to do a move or whatever, like, that would be a good tokusatsu scene, wouldn't it? It would be dramatic and, like, convey character growth. Man, that would be cool. Well, uh, Chris, yeah, fuck the guy who wrote this show. Like, seriously. Problem uh, one: Nagago, uh, Nago working in a team situation. Uh, well, uh, well, Chris, I, I'm speculating Garrett. about a universe where these characters grow in an interesting way, and I'm not incredibly mad at their Garrett, inability you, to convey drama. Garrett, you have to understand, Nago is fine now for no reason at all. I know. He's no longer a raving lunatic. Well, that's because he has his uh, new best friend, Kengo. Uh, apparently, having been tied up for a few hours, has chilled him out. But, uh, we get to see... We had also There was also a quick scene of Atoya as Wataru walking out of the building, and then leaving Wataru's body, and Wataru, of course, going, What the... Uh, where yeah, am Atoya I? leaves for... What am I wearing? Atoya leaves forever. He's like, my mission has been accomplished. <laughs> Uh, but uh, because the castle... Uh, I assume that this happens because Castle Doran isn't around to eat the thing's soul. Yeah. We don't know. That hasn't been said in text, but, like, I'm guessing that's why Castle Doran does that. Right. Yeah, and so the soul of the Fangire turns into another giant chandelier monster. Right. Um, Breaks out of the roof, and... Nako uses Wataru... his dumb Isa thing... His, his weird, tries his to weird s- industrial crane that looks like a dinosaur. Yeah, tried to summon... Uh, Wataru tried to summon Castle Doran, but for some reason it didn't show up? It burrowed there instead of flew. Right. For, like, no explanation why. Uh, uh, also, the uh, Fangires turning into giant chandelier monsters was cool and unique when it happened one time, but if they just all do that, that's much less interesting. I thought yeah, there were going to be, thought... like, multiple giant monster-type things, not just the one. I thought it was a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, no, it, the only reason this happened is because the guy had had a bunch of different servants that he was all infusing with life force. Right, and he was, like, dra- he had a Dracula aesthetic going on, so it kind of fit aesthetically and thematically. It, it doesn't make any sense. No, don't you know? It just clear. it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Nago summons his stupid fucking backhoe. Um... <laughs> But but his backhoe isn't powerful enough. Yeah, because it, it it starts fighting and he's he's not doing great. So 
So uh, then the castle shows up, and they have the brilliant idea to just put the backhoe on top of the castle. <laughs> yeah, because it comes out from the ground, and Castle Doran picks up the backhoe and tosses it onto its back, and Kiva jumps up and poses, and... And they do. I do like Castle Doran burping on Nago, just like, shut up, stay up there. <laughs> just like, yeah. do your fucking job, Nago. They fly up and have a brief sky fight and do a team attack, and they blow up the chandelier monster. So yeah, it's yeah. this fight is pretty cool. I like these giant. I like these dumb, these big stupid things fighting yeah, th- each this other. This big it dumb CG great. fight is actually pretty fun, though. The whole time I'm just like, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, did d- Zeke still want to kill him? Did Dinago stop wanting to kill him now? Well, no when did idea. this happen? I, I don't know, and I'm I'm not sure if I care right now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they blow it up. Uh, I guess Castle Doran knocked the stupid backhoe off of its back. <laughs> stupid fucking backhoe. And they fly away as uh, Nago... I do like the the suit actor who is playing Ixa does a good job of having Nago as Ixa. You can see, like, just repressed, go after him, but he just helped me. Yeah, he does a good, he conveys conflicted without being able to show any physical emotion, so props to that guy. Yeah. We go back to Wataru's house. Where Shizuka's like, well, I'm glad you're feeling okay and you're back and everything's good. Wataru is, of course, like, man, I don't, I don't know what happened. I feel so weird. And then Megumi runs up. It's like, no, 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 no. Bring back the flirty Wataru. He was great. No, no, I don't think that's not what happened. She wanted to know who it was. (laughs) How dare you try to say she thought that was great. Yeah, I think she's trying to be Man, like, who the hell was that guy? I, I I totally read that as, no, I want the flirty Wataru. No. Guy. No, Evan, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I disagree with your reading of that. Honestly, I kind of could see it. They both kind of seem like valid readings. What? Uh, whatever, fine. I, it's terrible, I know, but I... Right. Mm. Uh, Evans is more pessimistic and shitty, which is kind of the one I'm believing at this point. Atoya has definitely been written to have that type of animal magnetism with women where it's like they get frustrated with him, but then the longer they spend with him, they're like, actually, he's kind of hot. I mean, okay, I think it's more the thing where, remember back at the beginning of the show when Megumi was like, you should be more outgoing and stuff. I think she might have interpreted... Otoya possessing Otaru's body is him doing that? That's possible. Um, which is, which she, I, I guess she's trying to be like, oh, no, go back to that. I thought you had, like, grown or something, but. I'm gonna oh, choose to knows. go with mine, because I like it That's better. Probably... <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. less depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, but, like, uh, Otaru's like, oh, someone worked on my violin, made the difficult thing. It, it looks perfect. But then, yes, we cut and see Queen walking in the night with a giant red moon. And, oh, hey, who's that weird little bat fellow? Hmm, it that's looks strange. exactly like Kavan. And she smirks at the camera, and that's the end of episode 20. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that doesn't the preview show another uh, writers in the next episode too? So that's cool. Oh, it shows uh, Jiro trying to propose to Yuri. Oh right, I don't. Okay, yeah, I don't know why I thought there was another. God, I think I hate Kiva. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a this is a real problem because <laughs> like that the, those episodes really really were not fucking okay. It really pissed like, me off. The scumminess of the scumminess was there, but it was manageable. Like I don't, I'm probably not going to recommend this show, but you know that I I may show it off to some people just to say, hey, you know, there's some good bits. I don't think I'm going to ever recommend anyone watch. I, I think I would probably be like, watch the first episode, see how crazy good and unique and interesting this design work is. And how like that's... weird and abstract the narrative <laughs> seems initially. Yeah, just that's... just imagine the show that this could have been. Okay, because don't that's watch it. All you need to care about. Yeah, design aesthetic of the show. I, th- there's like some interesting bits that were in there, but it's just surrounded by not good things. I mean the this the decision to do this experimental narrative. I mean it's not like unheard of but it's a little out of the ordinary for a tv show uh to have this sort of narrative structure like that's interesting i mean i kind of like the the that they play some of their reveals close to the chest uh like that's kind of fun and that they let things come out gradually but uh yeah uh it's just okay i okay just being honest um I, I don't know if any women listen to the show. <laughs> Maybe not. And that's like, you know, hey, it, it, that's fine. But um, I hope it doesn't make anyone uncomfortable to hear us talking about it like this. Because the truth is, it is a little bit outside our lane. But it is, yeah. it's such a problem. Al- alternatively, yeah, if you are and you'd like to talk about Kiva with us, hit us up. We'll make that happen. Yeah, it, right. Uh, all of our statements are with the caveat of we are three white dudes, <laughs> and we uh don't fully know what we're talking right. about all the time. I mean, don't I've read have that some feminist theory and media criticism. Uh, I mean, and I'm not like an expert or anything, but you know, <laughs> uh, th- this doesn't require an expert though. It's pretty it is... fucking blatant. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. So we got another thirty episodes. Of this shit to <laughs> we watch. should maybe blow through the rest of this show faster because I don't know how much more patience I have for it if it's going to keep doing this. Like, fair. We we can talk about that off air. Let's, <laughs> um, let's get out of here. This is a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast dot com. Oh man, I'm super looking forward to talking about Zio next time, though. Oh man, <laughs> Zio, I love me some Comrade Zio. <laughs> Uh, decade with a gun, the best writer. <laughs> um, on the website, there's like links to Twitters. Uh, my Twitter's on there. Chris's Twitter's on there. The network's Twitter's on there. Evan doesn't have a Twitter still. Yep. Um, we're on well, Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. You can rate and review us if you'd like. You can send us an email if you'd like. Um, yeah, and ending things. And, uh, yeah, we should be back next week with, uh, yeah, I guess Zio.
No, it probably should just be Kiva. We probably just need to keep powering through. Yeah, we should probably actually just... Yeah. Um, un- until um, next time, we've just been a Passing Through Podcast. Maybe don't remember this one. Yeah, maybe just skip it. Don't let your Bye, dead everybody. dad use your body to neg people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good life lesson. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Also, if you ever get, like, a device that's been, like, your whole driving motivation, uh, use it. <laughs> it like, r- r- fight against the writer and, and you do you. <laughs> <laughs>